Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Samuels vs. Schlanger. I'm Leighton Samuels, I am Leighton Schlanger, and we, uh, we actually have a really quick episode for you today. That's right, um, we, uh, there's a lot going on in life right now. I'm sure a lot of you have, have a lot going on in life right now, uh, but uh, me and those close to me uh, have had a few things come up. Nothing, nothing super serious, nothing, nothing life threatening or or life altering but we are preparing to leave town uh this weekend just for a bit um don't worry i will keep the podcast going um just like i'm keeping the podcast going tonight i am not going to let my listeners down even for a single week but that does mean that we are going to kind of rush through things today don't worry we're going to do a very very quick recap of thursday night football just like we always do um, we're going to do an entirely new segment that'll be nice and quick, and then we will hit our flex plays, and that'll be all. That'll be all that we have for today. That's right. That's right. I know. You will miss our uh, always going over 30 minutes podcast, but you know, we, we all have to do in this pandemic what we need to do to make sure that us and our loved ones are taken care of. That comes first and foremost, and that comes first and foremost to all of you, and I hope you all are taking care of yourself and taking care of your loved ones during this tough time, this extremely tough time for a lot of people. And so we are going to get started real quick with a recap. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, I cannot remember the last time this happened. I wish we had a stats guy to let us know. No one on the entire New England Patriots offense uh, on Thursday night scored double-digit fantasy points. Damir Bird got the closest. He got 9.8 fantasy points, but it's tough. You can't really start anyone on the Patriots offense. You really, really can not. Um, on the Rams offense, on the other hand, you have Cam Akers. That's right. Our favorite waiver pickup, and I am sure we were the only podcast, we were the only fantasy analyst that were talking up Cam Akers. Um, at least we were the only ones that you should have been listening to. Cam Akers, in fact, gets you 21.4 fantasy points without even scoring a touchdown. No touchdown for Cam Akers. 21.4 fantasy points. He accounted for 61% of the Rams' total offense. Again, just like with the Patriots and their lack of a double-digit fantasy person, I really want to know if this is the most that any individual uh, position player, skill position player, not a quarterback, accounted for their team's total offense because 61% is a lot, is a lot. He had 171 rushing yards plus 23 receiving yards that's as a reference for y'all Tyreek Hill in that big game in week 12 where he was breaking fantasy records only accounted for 49 percent of his team's total offense Cam Akers accounted for 61 the good news is what was a committee is not anymore Daryl Henderson 0.5 fantasy points two rushes zero targets Malcolm Brown zero rush attempts one target that he did not catch. That's right. That is zero points for Malcolm Brown. Uh, with all of the with all the production from Cam Akers, the wide receivers were a little disappointing. I mean, not Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup caught the touchdown. Um, but uh, Robert Woods only gets you eight point two points, and uh, Tyler Higby, who a lot of you are relying on for some some tight end action, uh, only gets you five. Point four fantasy points and that is that for our recap of Thursday night we are going to hit that drop and we are going to move forward with my new favorite segment well maybe not my favorite Samuels is wrong will always be my favorite but my new segment this is the drop this is the drop this is the drop 
Daniels versus Schlanger. Oh, this is gonna be brutal. Bang, bang. Thank you so, so much, Schlanger, for taking care of that uh, Thursday night recap for us. And you know what? Trials and tribulations often bring about the greatest innovation. <laughs> and when I say that, what I mean is our new segment. Do you want to go ahead and introduce this segment? I do, I do. I am actually very excited about this, and I'm really glad that we came up with this for this. Um, it's a completely new and original segment. No fantasy analyst has ever thought of anything even remotely like this. Definitely not like Start, Sit, or Love, Hate, or any of the other variations on this extremely common trend. This is Rumble and Tumble. That's right. We are going to give you the, the players that we want you to rumble and the players that we expect to tumble. Uh, that's, that's the thing, that's the premise, and that is what we will be doing. And I am actually going to kick it off with my first Rumble, uh, player, and that is Robbie Anderson. I expect this guy to Rumble. He is ranked 22nd in ESPN and 18th in Yahoo. He barely, barely does not qualify for my flex play, uh, due to the Yahoo ranking, but... I really, really did want him there. Both DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel are out. Christian McCaffrey is out. Mike Davis has come way, way back down to earth since the beginning of McCaffrey's IR stint when Mike Davis seemed like he was going to be a stud. Anderson is literally the only way, literally the only way that Carolina can move the ball and they will use him early and often. Who is your first one? I mean, this should be self-explanatory. I've been talking up this guy forever and I, I like, and I've been talking down this defense forever. David Montgomery ranked six in ESPN and seven in Yahoo. I expect him to have a top five day. Uh, two straight games with 20-plus fantasy points facing the Houston Texans, who have given up, on average, 35 fantasy points to running backs over the past four weeks. That's crazy. And sure, you can say that is 35 points to the entire running back committee, but guess who the entire running back committee of Chicago is? David freaking Montgomery. And... Mm, Corderell Patterson maybe gets like two carries. Like this is David Montgomery's backfield. Houston is giving up on average 35 fantasy points to running back in each of the past four weeks. That is a recipe for a top five finish for David Montgomery. He is going to rumble, rumble this weekend. Who's your next guy? Derrick Henry. That's, no, that's not fair. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is ranked first in ESPN and first in Yahoo. How how could he do anything but rumble? Yeah, he's he's gonna do better than number one in 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 uh, amongst running backs. He is going to be the top scorer amongst all players, every single player this week. I don't I like Derrick Henry's just <laughs> against Jacksonville, just lol. Hilarious. I love it. Okay, no, but for real. Uh, Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones, I expect this guy to rumble. I know I've been on the Fournette flex train recently, but Fournette hasn't had a double-digit fantasy day since week nine, and that was barely double-digit with 10.1 fantasy points. Ronald Jones has just plain looked like the better running back. Um, he's been more effective in the passing game, maybe not getting as many targets as Leonard Fournette, but he's been more effective with the targets he has received, and he's running the ball. 
I think twice the amount that Leonard Fournette is and more. Like, he is getting insane usage uh, by comparison to Leonard Fournette. I think this will be Ronald Jones's backfield. And someone's, they, they are going to be moving the ball against Minnesota. I think Minnesota, their offense has been humming. They're going to score points on Tampa Bay. And uh, especially with Mike Evans being a little bit injured, Tampa Bay is going to have to figure out ways to move the ball. I think Ronald Jones rumbles this week. And I have one final one. That would be another running back, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, I was talking about him after his uh, good game last time. Uh, he's ranked 14th in ESPN, 11th in Yahoo. I mean, you, you got to start him. And then you got to start him next week against the Texans. Like, just keep rolling out Jonathan Taylor against weak run defenses because it's been working. And it's been working for the Colts as, as, a, as a team and as a franchise. Taylor got going against the Packers, and they won. Taylor was out the following week. They lost. They obviously got Jonathan Taylor going against the Texans, because we all know the Texans, and they won against the Texans. Las Vegas' uh, Las run defense just gave up 28.8 fantasy points to the Jets' backfield. The freaking Jets' backfield. The Colts will want to win this game on the ground, and they are going to do it through Jonathan Taylor, maybe with some Naheem Hines, but I am expecting a lot of Jonathan Taylor. And I, I know you want to move on to Tumble. I do. I really do, because it's Rumble and Tumble, and it's so it's so dumb and so fun, and I want to get to the Tumbles. So can I get to the Tumbles? I have one more. I have one more Rumble for us. That's right. I'm not going to forget the big guys. Mike Gesicki is ranked 10th in ESPN and 10th in Yahoo among fantasy tight ends. That makes him barely a tight end one option, and I do not get that. Uh, Mike Gesicki has had two straight double-digit fantasy games, uh, and, and they're going against the Chiefs, where there's no way you can win just by running the ball. Miami's going to need to pass the ball. Darren Waller and Gronk both went off against the Chiefs over the past three weeks. And yeah, sure, Gasicki isn't as talented as either of those two guys. Obviously, Gronk is a, is a Hall of Famer, and Darren Waller is turning into one. But Mike Gasicki might be Tua's favorite target, except for maybe Devontae Parker. But still, there's going to be plenty, plenty of production to go around between Gasicki and Parker. And I love Gasicki more. Uh, to get in the end zone this week. And now, now you can take it away on the tumble. Yes! And I want to start with your guy. I don't want you to... St Gosh, you will not stop with this. I will not. Ezekiel Elliott. I expect him to tumble this weekend. Uh, ranked 10th in ESPN and 10th in Yahoo. So he is a fringe running back one uh, in both of those rankings. And I know he just scored 13.8 fantasy points against a stellar Baltimore defense. And now he gets the Bengals, which is a worse defense. So we expect him to score more points. And maybe, maybe he'll score a couple more points against the Bengals. But he's a little hobbled. We've already heard that he's expected to not practice very much for most of this week. And while we don't seem worried about him not playing in this game, he's clearly not 100%. And even at 100% this season, he's disappointed us. And now he's not at 100%. Now, the Bagels have been worse against the run over the past few weeks due to the sheer volume that other teams are able to, uh, to, to run the ball against them with those positive game scripts because the, the Bengals haven't been putting up points. They've been playing from behind. Other teams are just going to run over them. So naturally, their fantasy defense against running backs will be worse. But 
I do think they are better against a miserable Dallas defense. So I think the Bengals offense puts up more points, which puts more pressure on Dallas, which means Zeke will not be able to do what he did best in all of these years past. I expect Zeke to have fewer than 15 fantasy points. That's actually bold. That is... I know it's not the boldest of calls because, you know, it's been it's like this is what Zeke's been doing this year. But under 15 fantasy points against the Bengals, is that's a bold call, especially since so much of Dallas's offense is run through Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I've got a kind of bold call. The Arizona offense, yes, the entire Arizona offense is going to tumble. I think Kyler Murray struggles and gets less than 20 fantasy points. I think Kenyon Drake gets held to single digits and doesn't get in the end zone. I think DeAndre Hopkins even has a mediocre game. The The New York Giants defense that they are playing against just held the Seattle Seahawks to 12 points. Over the Giants' four-game winning streak, they're only giving up an average of 307.5 yards per game and 16.5 points per game. If you if you if you send that over the course of the entire season for the Giants' defense, that would make them the fourth-best total defense in the league and the number one scoring defense in the league. The, the Giants' defense has been playing lights out. The Giants are going to win the NFC East, and I know that's not like the biggest of accomplishments, but no one was expecting this. The Giants, I think, four games ago, four weeks ago, had like a 5% chance to win the NFC East, but they are just rolling right now. And and this this win streak included Seattle. Like Seattle's offense, we we saw it against Arizona. We saw it in the games against Arizona. Like Seattle's offense is a good offense. Arizona's offense is a good offense. And I think that the Giants will be able to shut them down enough to make the entire offense struggle. Who is your next guy? I actually have another running back who is another stud running back, who is ranked 8th in ESPN and 8th in Yahoo. But these are our tumbles. We've got to go high in the rankings to uh, talk about guys who we expect to tumble, and that would be Chris Carson. Uh, Temper expectations for him. Like, the Jets have not given up a touchdown to a running back since week 9 against the Patriots. And before that, you have to go all the way back to week 5 to find another running back touchdown that they gave up. They have not given up more than 20 total running back fantasy points in a game since that Week 9 game against the Patriots. And Carson is a more talented running back than what they've faced in that time span. But I still think their run defense is one of the few bright spots on their otherwise absolutely miserable, totally garbage. And I don't care that they just lost their defensive coordinator. They are probably better off without that guy. <laughs> Greg Williams, is that his? Yes, yes, it's Greg Williams. I don't know why you asked that. I was the one who was confused about it. You should have just told me it was Greg Williams. Well, it's Greg Williams, you, you dumb, you dumb person. You're a dumb person. We always call each other dumb people. This is like a weekly, bi-weekly occurrence now. So, but speaking of those Jets defense, Las Vegas pulled off that win by throwing a lot to Darren Waller, and they won on a Hail Mary pass. The Jets pass defense is extremely exploitable. I expect a massive game from both Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, but I expect Chris Carson to struggle and therefore tumble. You've got one more, and speaking of bold calls, oh boy, this one. Yes, yes, in fact, this is uh, this is one of my bolder calls of the year, but I expect Tyreek Hill 
ranked number two in ESPN and number three in Yahoo. I expect him to tumble because I don't think he lives up to these rankings. Xavier Howard, uh, the cornerback for the Miami Dolphins that Tyreek Hill will be going against a lot, is the real deal. And and Xavier Howard is in the conversation for defensive player in the year. He is leading the league in interceptions and passes defensed. And defensed or defended? Defended. Defended is proper English. But defensed, I think, is like this. Anyway, um, he is number one, Xavier Howard, in both of those categories in the league. And yes, Patrick Mahomes is an absolute magician and cornerbacks don't matter to him. He will throw the ball to whomever he wants. But... Why make it harder than you need whenever you have weapons like Travis Kelsey, like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, even Demarcus Robinson and Mikko Hardman, and I think Sammy Watkins will be playing in this game. So Mahomes will probably spread the the ball around more to them. He'll just had a quote-unquote disappointing fantasy game uh, against Denver, scoring only 14.8 fantasy points. I expect something similar this week against the Dolphins, Maybe even less. Maybe even less. Tyreek Hill has proven that he does have a low floor. Maybe this is one of those weeks. And finally, let us move into flex plays. Flex plays. Um, I'm going to kick off the flex plays because you got to kick off the rumble and tumble. Ah, that's not fair. Well, it's it's literally what we have written down in our research, so I'm just going to go ahead and take this away. Um, I've been waiting for this moment. It's happened. J.D. McKissick. J.D. McKissick, he's my first flex play. There's no Antonio Gibson. Give me all of J.D. McKissick. And I know he's not going to be the lead back, so to speak. That is still going to be Peyton Barber. We saw that uh, when when Antonio Gibson went down last game. Peyton Barber took over the lead rusher job, but um, it was McKissick who still got 10 targets. And we talk PPR scoring on this podcast McKissick is averaging nine targets per game over the past five weeks with a catch rate of almost 70%, which actually is pretty low for a running back. I actually expect that to go up. But even with that 70% and nine targets, that's six receptions right there. Easy. Six PPR points. And we haven't even talked about yardage. I expect him to have more than nine targets this week. And uh, like that, that target share creates the floor that you're looking for. And now no Antonio Gibson creates the ceiling that we are looking for for a flex play this week. J.D. McKissick, fire him up in that flex spot if you have him and if you have the if you have the roster space. Who's your first guy? Giovanni Bernard. Giovanni Bernard. I can say that name all the time, especially since Dare Oglumbawale did not pan out this season. Giovanni Bernard. The, the world has forgotten that he had two 20-point fantasy games against Tennessee and Cleveland immediately after Joe Mixon's injury. Um, since then, he's had only single-digit fantasy games, but he's faced a bunch of tough defenses, including Pittsburgh, Washington, the Giants we just talked about. Like, Giovanni Bernard's had a rough stretch, and granted, we know that the Bengals' offense is not going to shine for the rest of the year without Joe Burrow, but they can do it against the Cowboys. The Cowboys are not a tough defense, and the Bengals are going to need the score points. They are going to do it through Giovanni Bernard. I expect a 15-plus fantasy point game for him. Fire him up. Um, I have, uh, for my next guy, I have Debo Samuel, and this, 
This one may be wishful thinking because I have Debo Samuel on my team and I need to start him with DJ Moore out, but I think San Francisco realized the difference between their first half offense last weekend and their second half offense last weekend. They moved the ball much better when they got the ball in Samuel's hands. Like that's just, that was, it was, it was apparent. They clearly made an effort in the second half to get the ball into his hands. And while they still weren't able to pull off that win, they definitely moved the ball better against the Bills in the second half of that game. And Washington has a top three running back fantasy defense, which means the Niners will need to air the ball out or at least create some clever screens for Samuel or Ayuk. Um, because, yeah, I mean, we saw Ayuk get that score last week against the Bills. So it could be Ayuk. I still like Samuels more this week. Um, but I do think one of them will have a stellar game. Give me Samuel, not Ayuk. And finally, I will round this out with Antonio Brown. That's right. Call it a hunch, but fresh off the bye, I am expecting a huge game from Antonio. I know they have a lot of weapons in, in Tampa Bay, and I know we already talked about Ronald Jones tonight, but Mike Evans has been hobbled this week with a hamstring issue. He did not practice this morning. Um, I say this I say this morning as in like the night of Thursday. Um, so yesterday morning, if you're listening to this on a Friday like a normal person. Uh, but even if he plays, Mike Evans may only be looked at near the goal line, much like he was at the beginning of the season when he caught like three touchdown passes in two games of less than two yards. Like that might be how Evans is used this week, even if Evans does play, which will open up more opportunities for Antonio Brown, who before the bye, in his in his brief time in Tampa Bay before the bye, was averaging over seven targets per week. We know Brady likes him. We know that they're literally living together. I expect I expect big things from Antonio Brown this week against the Minnesota uh, against the Minnesota Vikings, who has been pretty good at scoring the ball. Scoring the ball, man, man. I am off today. Yes, you are. Your your football terminology is just a mess. And that's it. That was our quick podcast. Uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. A good 20-minute podcast. Uh, and thank you. Thank you so much for bearing with us. We really appreciate you listening. Um, we appreciate all of your support. Please follow us on Spotify. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at LT Schlamiels. Follow us on Instagram, at Leighton Samuels Official. And yeah, keep keep it up. And keep up, keep up taking care of yourself. That is... Just always, always remember that. Like when, when, when things, when things get down, you've, you've got to take care of yourself. You've got to take care of your loved ones. Um, and sometimes the best way to take care of yourself is to take care of your loved ones. And that's what we're leaving you with today. Thank you so much for everything you do for us here at Samuel's Rich Slanger. Um, I hope we bring some joy and light to your day. Have a good one. Brought in my car with the window down. Game